Good morning and welcome to your favorite Friday morning podcast, Conversations with Buddy, brought to you by The Wreck, way more than a bowling alley. We give you the ability to connect each week with our guests because we believe people matter, you matter. We are grateful to all the listeners who take the time each week to hear the stories of our guests. Please help us grow the show by taking a moment right now and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and give us a review. Our purpose of this podcast is to impact the world one testimony at a time. This morning, I am truly excited and grateful to introduce you to my guest and friend, Jonah Brokaw. Welcome, Jonah. Good to be here, buddy. Well, hey, uh, glad to have you here. And uh, you and I connect a fair amount. Uh, We like each other, apparently. So we grab coffee and we talk about life and family and whatever. Yeah, number of topics we've gone through. Yeah. So, hey, let let me introduce you real quick. And then we'll just talk about um, all this, all the stuff. Got some good stuff. So first of all, um, you've been married to your wife for about seven years, and then you've been together for about ten years. Yeah, so could be seven years uh, this October, and we've been uh, together since high school, basically. So okay, how cool is that? She's your better half, I take it. Much better. Much actually. better. Okay, yeah. hands down. I like it. Both you and Jessica graduated from Corbin University with your master's degree. Mm-hmm. What was your During, master? Uh, so we both got just a master's business administration, uh, and we did the Corbin's online program. Okay, uh, one year, and we did it through COVID. So nothing was open, nothing to do. So might as well just get a master's that is degree. Pretty cool. So for in one year, you can get your master's degree. One year, fifty-two weeks straight of just classes, basically. That was rough. Yeah, one week off for spring break and two weeks off for Christmas break. Other than that, just straight through. And you guys did it exactly the same time. Yep. In the same classes and everything. How cool is Uh, that? They just split us up when we did our uh, discussion parts of the class. It's probably a wise. Yeah. Got it. All right. So, and then also here, you like to cook for your your, uh, breakfast for your wife every morning, Monday through Friday. Is that right? Monday through Friday, cook breakfast for her. Yeah. Okay. Uh, If I'm going to cook breakfast for myself, might as well cook for her too. You know what? I, I do cook my wife breakfast, but I wouldn't say I do it intentionally every morning, but I think that's really maybe something I need to consider. So, I'm going to... I'm going to consider that one. There's I think my challenge. wife would like that. There's your challenge for uh, February. Boom. Challenge for <laughs> February. Taken. Okay. Uh, lo- looks like you love working on and riding motorcycles. Yeah. So I got into riding motorcycles about three years ago. Yeah. And since then, I have owned four or five. I uh, just like riding different kinds. I want to experiment with them. Cool. The spare time, you like studying mixology. And we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, you enjoy fitness and getting outdoors and being active. You and I talked last time about when we met for coffee, vacation with a purpose. So we're going to talk about that. Yeah. You love Jesus uh, and you work for a nonprofit called RSA, Reed Saunders Association, and you're the donor ambassador, uh, which is why you and I talk a lot. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, I got some questions for you about RSA. All right. But uh, let's dive in real quick, just kind of figure out who Jonah is. Where were you born? Uh, How did mom and dad impact you? And then uh, we'll get into like marriage and uh, RSA, mixology, all that good stuff. So fire away, man. Yeah, well, I was, uh, so I was born here in Salem. Uh, I've lived here my entire life uh, just outside of Salem in Turner. Uh, Went to school at Corbin University, which is right up the hill from Turner. so I actually got to save a lot of money not having to live on campus because mm. there's rules that freshmen and sophomores had to live on campus. But since I was so close, I was like, I'm not going to spend another ten to 15000 a year to stay five minutes away. Yeah. Uh, but yes, and so went to Corbin, got my undergrad. Uh, my wife and I, we met back when we were in high school. We went to high school together. Which high school? Uh, Cascade High School. Okay. So Cascade, it was uh, back when I was there, it was about... 400, 500 kids yeah. in the high school alone. And then graduated from there. And my wife and I, we didn't actually start dating. She was still in high school finishing up. And then I was in my freshman or sophomore year at Corbin. Okay. Um, I made a rule when I was going to Corbin, I'm never going to date a girl at Corbin. Uh, and the reason for that being is because there's the whole ring by spring thing that Christian I schools- I keep hearing that ring by yeah. spring, that pressure. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And I wanted to make sure that if I'm going to be going to school and if I'm going to be 
putting all this time, effort, and money into my education. I wanted to focus on my education. Mm. Uh, and I wanted to find a wife outside of that time. Um, ironically enough, right after I graduated from Corbin, my wife ended up transferring there uh, to finish up her undergrad too. So I'm like, you know what? But I'm already out, so it's fine. Yeah, you can go to Corbin and finish ah, up your undergrad. That's interesting. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And then right after uh, she did her undergrad, she just went, she's like, I'm just going to go straight into my master's. Hmm. Uh, I'm like, well, if you're going to do your master's. I'd been out of school for two years at this point. Yeah, I was like, if you're going to do yours, I might as well do mine too. Definitely. That way we can just work on it together and collaborate a bit more. Yeah. Hey, did you do sports in high school? I did. Uh, so back in high school, I was I did football during fall, swimming during winter, and track during spring. Three sport athlete. Yeah. And then during summer, actually, I would do summer league as well for swimming. So I was just constantly- wow somewhere doing something. I was always moving. Okay. Yeah. How, how come you like sports so much? Um, I I fell in love with sports because I was forced to do them. Uh, my mom with, uh, my mom just wanted all three of us kids to be out of the house. Yeah. She just wanted us to go and not just sit at home watching TV, playing video games or whatever. She also wanted us to learn the skills that mm. being in sports taught us. Uh, you learn how to work with a team, how to accept failure, and how to improve yourself, yeah. you know, doing all of these sports. So me and my brother and sister, all three of us grew up doing sports, and uh, they were more into baseball and softball in the springtime. Mm -hmm. uh, but I just, I was never really a fan of baseball and softball, so I went more the track route. Track. Yeah. Now, siblings, are you the oldest? I'm the youngest. You're the youngest. Yeah. So okay. my whole family, actually, we are all from here, all three of us, born and raised, actually, uh, mom and dad also born and raised here in Salem. Yeah. But over the last few years, they, mom, stepdad, brother, sister, all have moved to Florida, central Florida, Orlando yeah. area. And um, they moved there when? Uh, my mom moved in the middle of COVID. Wow. Yeah. A June, lot of people did, by June the way. June 2020. She's yeah. done. Like, I'm mm -hmm. moving. Well, her reasoning, uh, it's always funny because people like to bring up political climate. Oh, is it because of that? Oh no, it's just because she got tired of it being cold in <laughs> Oregon. Yeah. She wants it to be at least 70 all the time. Always. And Florida works perfectly for her okay. for that. So, so even it had nothing to do with politics and- Nothing, just the weather, purely the weather. Okay, I like it. Mm -hmm. I know your mom too from way back when, so yeah. that's, that's cool. And she she enjoyed, she loved working with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And where's your dad? So my dad, he lives up in uh, Hillsboro with his girlfriend. Okay. Um. Yeah, my parents split up when I was very young. Okay. I, I wasn't even in school yet when they split up. Uh, I never really fully understood why I never got into it. It's just at that point when I was young, I'm like, you know, I just, they both love me. Yeah. They're both involved in my life still. Yeah. And that's, I'm happy about that. That's really cool. Uh, so yeah, I mean, my dad and I, we have a fantastic relationship. My mom and I, we have a great relationship. Um, and I see him, I see my dad fairly regularly still yeah. too. I mean, uh, his mom, my grandma lives in Almsville. Okay. Which is about 20 minutes, you know, away from Salem. So yeah. I'll go out there and see her and see him quite a bit still. That's really cool. Well, let's uh, let's just keep talking about um, after high school, college, you guys get married. So walk us through that journey. Yeah. That so like. uh, we got married right after I graduated from college because I, I did not want to get married when I was going to college, you know, that was the whole point of me. I want to focus on my education and For everything. You, you're, you're disciplined. Uh, yeah. Well, it's just, uh, and then there's a whole stigma, like what I was saying with the whole ring by spring thing. <laughs> um, it's a lot of pressure. It is. And then just, yeah, especially since I had to pay for my education myself, my mom and my dad helped with covering like some costs of, you know, car insurance, things like that. Uh, but the actual education I had to fund and I'm still paying for. Yeah. But that's that's life, and I'm I love that I went to Corbin and the experiences that I had. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so got married right after college. It was the I graduated in I believe May of 2018, and then got married in October of 2018. Okay. Uh, just my wife, she was like, "I'll get married whenever. I don't I don't have any sort of care." I'm like, okay, well, it's <laughs> fine. October uh, 2018. Let's do it. Let's, let's, let's get this done. Yeah. Um, and I actually, so we're both science nerds. We love uh, astronomy, Yeah, uh, looking at the stars and everything. And back in August, there was a solar eclipse yeah. that was coming through Salem. And I'm like, this is the perfect time to propose to her. So 
I got the ring and everything, and right before the went total eclipse, I got down on a knee and I proposed to her right there. That is a cool scene. And ever. So I said, "Will you marry me?" And then total oh. solar eclipse happened. She freak. Yeah, she wasn't expecting it. So it was uh, it was really cool, and it's just, you know it's unique to us. Uh, you know, I can't recreate that. I can that go, was one of the coolest days. I mean, of my of my life because my family were on the front deck and you know, we had our glasses on and I'll never forget that day. It was really cool. Yeah. We were, uh, we were actually in a field with a couple of horses and other uh, cattle around us just because it was a great field to be able to see open area. Yeah. And it was extremely strange because you look all around, it's big flat area. All around us looked like the sunset directly above was super dark, but all around was looked like sunset or horizon. Um, and then all the animals just laid down. They were just like, oh, it's dark, time for bed. That's interesting. Uh, following their, is that circadian rhythm or yeah, whatever yeah. it is. Uh, so it's just cool watching that. And I'm like, a lot of stuff just happening all at once, you know, proposing to my wife, uh, seeing for the first time a solar eclipse in person, and then just seeing the animals and how nature was reacting to a solar eclipse too. Yeah, So yeah. a lot of emotions all at once. Man, that's pretty cool. So you guys get your master's. Did either one of you have a goal in mind what you wanted to do as you got out of college and, you know, had this master's degree? Um, Because I know you work at RSA, which is probably not what your original thought was to be working for an evangelist, but here you are. Yeah, I mean, you go, I graduate from high school, you start going into college and you have all these ideas of, uh, at least, you know, for myself, I'm like, oh yeah, all I got to do is go get a degree. Once I have a degree... Everywhere's going to want me. Every job's going to want me. Uh, I didn't really understand that the whole concept of, well, you got to have experience too. Um, and I worked at Costco during my time at uh, Corbin. Okay. Uh, worked there in the service deli for a while. And then I did marketing for him too. And that the marketing experience that I got at Costco, hmm. people still ask me about it of like, how did you get into that? Um, and then I go through and explain how. Costco doesn't have, they don't advertise on TV or magazines. Their marketing is their people. They're people in their warehouse going out into the community and helping out. Um, And from what I understand, that's shifted now because of COVID. There's been some changes for it. Uh, But I love that model. And it was was more of like a glorified sales position because I was selling memberships. But I was always helping people answer their questions about their memberships too and what it could actually do. And uh, a little secret for everyone listening. Uh, it's free to use Costco's pharmacy. You do not have to be a member. So if you want to have your pet's pharmaceuticals or your own pharmaceuticals, you can send them to your local Costco and they're usually cheaper. Huh. Great note, man. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was even possible, but yeah. good to know. Yeah. Okay. Pretty sure it's like a federal law of some sort. Yeah. That they Pharmacies have, have yep, to be open that for That totally everyone. makes sense. Well, cool. That's awesome. Now, uh, before we got into this podcast this morning, a uh, couple guys were noticing your tattoos. Yeah. Tell me about your tattoos, man, because this is a, you, you have, I never noticed you had tattoos. You have one behind your ear, a mm-hmm. couple on your right arm. What else you got? Uh, so that's where it's uh, limited to right now is my right arm and that one behind my ear. Uh, Explain what they are. So my first one, my first tattoo I ever got is underneath my bicep on my right arm, and it's Elvish from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Uh, and it's from Aragon's poem, which is, and part of it is, all that is gold does not glitter, not all those who wander are lost. Hmm. Uh, and I just, I got it right after I was 18 years old, right after the summer when I read the entire Lord of the Rings series, yeah. uh, the Hobbit book, and the Silmarillion, which the Silmarillion is like the pre-book to everything, kind of just opens up and explains how the world began. Yeah. So I just, I, I went on this whole Tolkien nerd session for a while cool, and I'm yeah. like you know I love Lord of the Rings I want to get that tattooed underneath my arm so that okay. was my very first one uh, and then I started working I'm like okay I want to get a full sleeve but like what do I want I want it to represent something meaningful to me Yeah. and there's this uh, kid show called Avatar The Last Airbender which they're actually just getting ready to make into a live action series on Netflix it's actually going to come out here in like two or three weeks on Netflix okay and that show there's only three seasons of the main series they did some like branch off ones or uh, other ones after that. But the main series is it's, it's an amazing show. Even though it's a kid show, there's some adult themes to it that of growth, loss, pain, suffering, 
that mm. everyone goes through in their life. And as a kid, you know, you're watching like, yeah, this is fun. You know, they're uh, controlling the elements with their bodies and mind and everything. But the storyline is just, it can be so deep and impactful. Um, and you just see people just go through these changes from season one. And then you get to the third season, just like, wow, what happened to them? Like, mm. There's no way you can watch episode one and the last episode and be like, how are these the same people? <laughs> so much has changed for them. And so I wanted to get that tattoo just because then there's a spiritual aspect to the show as well mm -hmm. of, you know, there's the four nations, fire, water, air, earth. Uh, that's how they designate them in the show. And they're all separate, but there's something spiritual that combines and keeps all of them together. Yeah. Um, and so even though it's not necessarily a Christian show based, I, I still believe that, you know, we might have all of our different nations, all of our different people of the world, but there is something that combines all of us together. And I see that as, you know, Jesus and yeah. um, God. Yeah. And so I just, I love that aspect of it just so much. So, such a deep show. I loved it. Uh, so I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get it tattooed on me. Done. Yeah. Uh, and then my next one after that, I have a cross on my forearm. Okay. Uh, and this is all on my right arm. And the cross is a little bit different. Um, You can see it right there. This cross, uh, it's the cross that's on my Bible. It's, uh, I got that Bible when I was 15 years old. And I remember as soon as I got it, I saw it in the uh, Christian bookstore when they, it was over there on Lancaster. Mm -hmm. And I go into that bookstore and I'm like, you know what, that's a, this is a cool looking Bible. It's dark gray. And then the cross is black on it. I'm like, I, I love it. But I was 15. I didn't have any money at the mm -hmm. time. Actually, I may have even been 13 or 14. And I'm like, I love this, but I, I don't have any money. And so I was like, well, I guess, you know, I'll come back some other time and get it. And it was close to my birthday at the time. And my sister actually ended up buying it for me hmm. for my birthday. So a month later, two months later, she comes and gives me a gift and it's the Bible. And I still have that Bible. I, I took it with me when I studied abroad in Europe. And actually I got this tattoo done when I was in Europe. I was oh, you in, did? Yeah, I was in Regensburg, Germany. And I'm like, you know what? I have about two or three weeks left until I got to go home. Uh, I, I want to get a tattoo. I want to get a tattoo while I'm here just because I think it'd be a fun story. Um, so I went around to a couple of tattoo artists and found a guy who would get me in in that short amount of time hmm. and ended up getting it done on St. Patrick's Day uh, in Regensburg, Germany with a guy who barely spoke any English. Scary. Uh, I just, I, yeah, it was, but I, I love it. It's one of my favorite tattoos. It needs to get touched up, but. And then uh, I have this wing on the other side of my forearm. And there's not any sort of meaning behind that one. I just cool. think it's I like cool. It. Yeah. And but when I uh when I was bartending, you know, you shake drinks and then you pour them out. It, it's super cool because as I'm pouring, I have my wing going up and it looks like the drinks like landing mm. into the cup. Yeah. That's and pretty cool. My last one that I got July last year, June, July last year is the Deathly Hollows from Harry Potter. Got it. Behind my ear. And similar reason, um, I actually wasn't allowed to watch Harry Potter growing up. Okay. Uh, but then as I got older, I was like, you know, I watched the movies. I'm like, yeah, these are cool movies. But then I went through and I read the entire book series during COVID. Because mm -hmm. uh, again, what else was there what to do? What else are you going to do? So I read the entire book series and um, I might make a couple people upset with this, but I started with book four, actually. Um, and the reason why I started with book four is because I had friends tell me, yeah, one, two, and three, they're pretty much fairly close to how the movies represent them and they're mm -hmm. more kid. Mm -hmm. um, book four is when things start to get serious. The books go from like half an inch big to book four, which is two or three inches big. Wow. So there's a lot more that starts covering in four and on. So I read four all the way to seven and I was like, wow, those were really good. All right, let's read one, two, and three. So I still went through and read one, That's two, funny. and three, but uh, I wanted to start with four just because things got more deep and serious yeah. in four. So yeah, that's all, all my tattoos as of right now. I actually have my next one scheduled for April 27th. Cool. And well, then What's that going to be? In not sure yet. Oh, okay. I'm still kind of working through it. I have a couple of things I want to do. Um, I know my, so my personal Bible verse is Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And I just, I... That was kind of our motto in high school for football as a defensive line and offensive line. Mm -hmm. 
you know, we wanted to make sure we were building each other up. Yeah. And that meant, you know, at practice, you you go harder than you do in the game. You mm. want your a teammate to be stronger than the people across the line from you. Yeah. And you want to be able to rely on them. And I've always loved that, just that sense of community, not just with football, but in life as a whole. Yeah. So iron sharpens iron. I want I want to sharpen other people and I want other people to sharpen me as well. Yeah. Great, great verse. Well, talk to me a little bit about mixology. I know that you're a creative guy. And so tell us what that is, because you're just kind of brought up in your, when you're pouring a drink or whatever. Curious yeah. about that. So uh, mixology is, um, you know, making cocktails, making signature cocktails or craft cocktails. Uh, I've just, I've always had a fascination with it. Even, I mean, I grew up in a house that didn't really ever have alcohol in there. Uh, but I always see, you know, go to the bars and see these people throwing around the, the spirits and everything like that. And I thought it was really cool. But then I started to, you know, got to be 21. I'm like, all right, let's actually start trying some of these drinks. And my palate wasn't very well developed at the time. As I've gotten older, it's starting to become more developed. And just the, the creativity that goes into these drinks, not just the building of it, but then what they do for garnishes and mm. everything else, it, it's fascinating. Um, and so I started going to this bar downtown in Salem and the bartender there, she is amazing. Uh, she's an incredible mixologist, and she's been in the restaurant and bar industry her basically her entire life. Um, and so I just started watching her, and then she started teaching me and be like, oh, here, she would just hand me like, here, try these bitters with your old fashions, or here, try these cherries with your old fashions. Old fashions were, for the longest time, my go-to drink. Okay. Um, kind of changing that up a bit now. I'm like more bitter drinks now. It's a strange change for me. Hmm. Um, but so she just started uh, teaching me all of this stuff while I sit across the bar from her. And she was very open to share some of her recipes with me and ideas because uh, she knows I mean, I'm not going to go open up my own bar and compete against her. I love right. her, her craft. And, um, and then she's like, you know what? Uh, I need a bar back on Friday, Saturday nights. Would you be interested in bar backing? I'm like, absolutely. I was going to be behind the bar and watch you work and help out. Sure. So I barbacked for her for a while and then um, actually went and bartended at her parents' restaurant for a bit too. Uh, and then some changes happened. I mean, I have my main job. It was just kind of a side thing for fun to yeah. learn for me. Uh, and there were some other people that needed more hours. So I haven't been back in a few months, but still go in there and we still have a great relationship and she still teaches me a ton. So I, I love it. It's so much fun to do. Dude, sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to us about a little bit, um, just, you know, you enjoy fitness, uh, getting outdoors, being active, and also riding your motorcycle. Does your wife also ride? Yeah, so uh, she, when I first got my first motorcycle, uh, she was kind of apprehensive to it. I never even thought it was, I, it's never been a desire of mine to ride a motorcycle. Like, yeah. I've seen people, I'm like, yeah, it's a motorcycle. Uh, it wasn't until my brother-in-law, actually, he was getting ready to go through the endorsement class. And uh, he's like, hey, will, will you do the class with me? I'm like, I don't really want to because I don't really have a desire to ride. He goes, come on, just just do it with me. I'm like, all right, you know, it's good information just to know and learn. Might as well go. So went and did the endorsement class with him, and he bought his first motorcycle, rode it around a whole bunch. And I still didn't buy one because I'm like, I still don't really have a desire to ride. Uh, it wasn't until about a year after I did the endorsement class that he was like, hey, I want to upgrade to another bike. I want to get a bigger bike. Um, and my brother-in-law, he's four years younger than me. No, much younger than that. No, four years younger. Okay. Um, and this is back when he was just like barely 18 or 19 okay, years old. funny, yeah. And uh, he's like, hey, I want to upgrade. I want to get a Harley. But for Harleys, you kind of pay for the name, so they're expensive. Yeah. And for an 18, 19-year-old to finance something that's twenty, twenty-one thousand dollars yeah. they were like, well, before you do that, you got to completely pay off your bike and you got to have a little bit of extra cash, which the dealership just is not going to give you that amount for it. So him and I worked out a deal. I'm like, all right, you know what? I'll buy your motorcycle off you and then uh, you can have your Harley. So that was kind of my introduction to my first motorcycle. Hmm. Um, and then, yeah, my wife wasn't a huge fan of it at the time. And at that point, her brother and her father had also been riding. So all three of us started to ride together and she, she was like, I'm not going to ride on the back with you. I'm like, you know, what? why don't you just get on the bike and 
we'll go to a parking lot and you just kind of put around. I'll teach you the basics and just see if you like it or not. Um, so this is at the start of COVID. Yeah. We go to the courthouse uh, gym over there on South Commercial because parking lot's completely empty. Yeah. And we just I'm like start teaching her how to ride there. Uh, through that, she's like, this is actually really fun. <laughs> I think I want to. You got her. Yeah, I think I want to get my own bike too. I'm like, ah, uh, okay. Well, now this hobby is becoming way more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so she went out and she actually had her bike for a few months, probably four or five months before she even got her endorsement. Uh, all the endorsement classes were um, canceled because of COVID at the yeah. time. And But you can get your permit to okay. ride. Okay. And when you have your permit, you can't go and ride by yourself. But if there's another person who has their endorsement, they can ride with you. You're still on separate bikes, but you just kind of have that person there with you to yeah. lead or whatever. Uh, so she did that for a few months until the endorsement classes um, came back up and running. And then she scored a perfect score on her test. And the instructors actually asked her to be like, hey, would you be interested in yeah. coming back and being an instructor? Um, and so it's something she's always thought about, but just the time commitment and everything is just not there for us right now. So you guys, how often do you guys ride then? Uh, so this last summer, we well, actually, she sold her bike. So she got her first one and then rode it for a few months. And she's like, I'm ready for something bigger. And at that point, I was too. So we both bought Harleys. Big engine Harleys. Come on. Yeah, Harley. she actually, so I have a 107 cubic inch uh, motorcycle engine in my bike. And I was like, okay, you got to get one that's either just as fast as mine or slower because you you're the speed demon here. You, <laughs> like to, you like to go fast. Okay. Um, and she's like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And then she's like, well, I really like this bike though. And it only comes in this color and this engine size. And hers was a 114. Wow. So a little bit bigger engine than mine. A little faster. Yeah, a little bit faster. And so I'm like, well, that's, I guess that's the way it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> so she got a bike with a bigger engine than mine. and um, Two Harleys, man. Two Harleys. That's pretty cool. That's a great story. Yeah. And, uh, but this last summer we, um, got a different house and there's a lot of projects to that house that we have been putting into and, uh, we just didn't have, we weren't riding as much. Yeah. I would ride to work, but cause I had more freedom to go yeah. and do things with my work. Uh, she had to go to an office job where she had to wear professional clothing. It's a little bit easier for a guy to have professional clothing and ride a motorcycle. Totally. It's a lot harder for a woman to ride a motorcycle yeah. and wear professional clothing. So she just wasn't able to get out as much as she was able to. Um, and we were like, you know what? Bikes paid off. Let's just sell it. And we can use that money to put it back into the house. Because that's we didn't do any long trips this last summer. Mm -hmm. We might not do any this summer either. Yeah. But we have a lot of house projects that we want to do. And house projects are expensive. Yeah. Totally. So we're like, let's get rid of the bike. We'll do house projects and you can always buy it again later. So you still have yours. She sold hers. Yeah, I still have mine. I actually rode mine yesterday and this last weekend. Weather was nice enough. wasn't raining. So I'm like, take it out. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah. This is awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you enjoy fitness. Uh, do you work out at the courthouse? Is that where you work out? Uh, I was at the courthouse for a while. Um, uh, last October, I think, I switched to... Uh, the YMCA. Okay. Uh, they just got a whole new facility built and awesome. it's beautiful inside. And I grew up actually going to that YMCA. Uh, that was some of the places I yeah. went to for yeah. swimming. So it means something to you. Yeah. Totally. What do you guys do for outdoors? You say like, do, you know, are you hike? Do you hike a lot or what do you camp? We've so, been wanting to get more into hiking and camping. Uh, I mean, in the Northwest, it's some of the best hiking and camping you can do is here. Uh, we just don't really know where to start. You know, we don't want to be too ambitious and start with a big hike. We're like, oh no, this is way more than we chewed up or than what we could, yeah, thought yeah. we could chew. So we're wanting to get more into hiking, but we'll see where that goes. Before it was a lot of lot of riding. We put in our first year with our motorcycles, we each put about five thousand miles on our bikes in a single summer. So in about two months, three months. That's a lot. Yeah, and that wasn't for like commuting. That was just strict, let's go on a ride. Okay. Let's just go to Central Oregon. We did a long ghost town ride. Just kind of riding around through different parts cool of Oregon and seeing uh, different ghost towns and everything. Yeah. How cool is that? Okay, so we're going we're gonna to transition maybe over to like uh, learn more about Reese Saunders Association, kind of what you do there. But you and I were talking 
what, a month or so ago having coffee. And you mentioned the idea of vacation with a purpose. So is what does vacation with a purpose have to do with RSA or is it the same? What is that? Yeah, so uh, it's an idea that some of our consultants actually gave to us that they other people that they've worked with before in the past, they've brought people onto their outreaches so that they can actually experience what it's like for our what we do. You know, you know, you're giving us money, you're supporting us. We want you to experience what that support looks like, where it goes, what it takes you, and everything that it means to us. Um, and we've had donors go on trips with us before in the past, but they're usually a team member. Meaning, you know, we'll we'll go do medical clinics leading up to the main outreach at the end of the week, uh, and they'll be in the medical clinics putting on, you know, oh, let me pray for you or helping organize the medicine, uh, whatever's needed. But this vacation with a purpose, it's a little bit different. We want these donors to come and be more observers, so they're just going to stand back and watch a bit more. If they want to get involved, then obviously more than welcome to. Uh, but they don't have any sort of designated job or role while they're there. It's just to sit back and observe. Ideally, what it would be is they would come maybe the last two or three days of the outreach to get to see some of the affinity events that we do. Uh, affinity events being, you know, a smaller conference just for men or a smaller conference just for women or just for the youth, uh, some sort of specific event that's for a targeted group of people or a specific demographic. And so they just go there and they observe and get to see what we actually do. And then they get to see the main festival as well. Mm. Um, and so like one of our biggest ones that we've done recently is in Pakistan. And there'll be 50 to 60,000 people that come to this two-day festival and get to hear the gospel from Reed and then make decisions to come to Christ. And so we just want our supporters to come and start to experience that. You know, some of these people they've been giving for 20 plus years, mm -hmm. uh, that starts to add up. And it's like, come come see, this is what we're doing. This is where your support's going towards. Yeah. Uh, and so we really want them to come and join us on those trips. And so it would be, we set it up for them that they get their last couple of days of the outreach. And then after that, it's, hey, thanks for coming. Now you're in another country, you should go and explore. Here's some other things that are great to do in this country, like Vietnam is a great example mm. of there's some amazing beaches there. There's some great caves, shopping, a lot of history, uh, especially between, you know, U.S., Vietnam in the yeah. past. So there's still a lot of great history that you can go there and see and learn. Um, and so after the main outreach is done, then it's, all right, now, you know, you go and you have your vacation. Mm. We leave you. We've set you up with everything. Just go have fun now. But during those days that they're there with us, myself or someone else would basically be their liaison. Yeah. Like, hey, what do you need? Uh, what are you interested in seeing right now while you're here with us? Um, so yeah, it's just this, we just want people to get more involved with not just supporting us financially, we want them to actually come and see the yeah. work that we're doing. Yeah. Hey, do a brief explanation of what RSA is. Um, when's your guys' next trip? How do people get involved? Like, most people probably are listening might know what RSA mm -hmm. is. We've had Raid on here before, but uh, tell why don't you tell us again what what RSA stands for and what it is? Yeah, so RSA is a Reed Saunders Association, and Reed he's the founder and president of the organization. Uh, he's an evangelist, so goes around the world and shares the gospel to crowds of people. And the thing that I really love about RSA's model is when Reed does go and put on these festivals in other countries or sometimes in other states, uh, when we get invited to do, like last year he did, or 2022, I should say, he did uh, four outreaches in different states in the U.S. too. And when we go there, we try to make sure that there's unity with the local churches because we want the churches to be there at the event as well. So that way when, you know, Reed does his altar call and says, you know, who would like to make a decision and uh, accept Christ for the first time or recommit their life to Christ? Mm -hmm. You know, a bunch of people are going to raise their hand in the crowd. Reed doesn't want to just be like, great. All right. See you guys. Have fun. I'm happy you all made decisions. He wants to make sure that they get plugged into a church that night. And so two or three months before we even go on an outreach, we will have a team member go over there and do training with the local leadership of the churches. And so there'll be a handful of leaders that come in that way, like, hey, you know, your church is going to grow and we want to help your church grow. So this is what you got to do. 
So when Reed does his who wants to make a decision for Christ and everyone raises their hand, Mm -hmm. we need people in the crowd who are going to go to those people with their hands raised, get their information down. First name, last name, email, phone, whatever information they feel comfortable giving because we want to help them get plugged into a church that night. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say as a new believer, that's one of the biggest struggles. Uh, during my time at Corbin, I had a lot of friends there that, you know, we just kind of all jumped around from church to church. We never, I never had a home church when I was at Corbin. Hmm. I was just a very social person. So I just wanted to be around people more. Yeah, And they were like, yeah, we're going to go to this church today. All right, yeah, let's go to that church today. Uh, but after I graduated and got married, I was like, okay, I, I do want to find a local church. I want to yeah. be like grounded in a church. And I found it very, very difficult. I started going to certain churches and um, it was just hard to get plugged in because, mm-hmm. you know, was, if it was just me or me and my wife, we go there and, you know, people greet us. Everyone's very friendly, but we don't know. We didn't know what to do. Like, what were the next steps after that? Because uh, growing up, middle school, high school, my mom just kind of forced us into stuff. Yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, you're going to be part of this church program or you're going to be part of that. I'm like, okay, yeah. Just kind of shake my head and say, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know how she went about finding those. She was just kind of, you're doing this now. Okay, yep, that's, I guess we're doing this now. <laughs> um, and so actually when I was working at Costco still, the guy who did the ceremony for my wife and I, he was working at, or he was working on becoming a pastor at the time through Salem Alliance. Salem Alliance has their own program to help people go through and become ministers. Yeah. And... It was so funny because he's like, yeah, well, why don't you come to uh, Salem Alliance with me and my wife? And he's telling Jess and I to do that. And we're like, okay, yeah, sure. We'll go to Salem Alliance with you. So we get to Salem Alliance and I'm thinking, yeah, we're just going to sit on the balcony on the top in the far back. Uh-huh. And so we see him and he goes, all right, yeah, let's go. We're down in the very front on the bottom. I'm like, like up at the front. He goes, yeah, right in the middle too. He's like, great seats. I'm like, okay, yeah, <laughs> let's go. Uh, so we, we go and we sit there, go through the whole church service and it was great. I'm like, all right, Hey Evan, thanks for, uh, inviting us. You know, we'll see you next, see you next Sunday or I'll see you at work actually. Cause we work together at Costco mm. and he goes, well, where are you going? I'm like home. What, what do you mean? Where am I going? He goes, well, no, we still got more we got to do. We're going across the street now to uh, Broadway commons and it's the young adults time. I'm like, okay, yeah, okay. let's go. So we, I just kind of just kept following him and we go over to the young adults thing and I see him writing a bunch of stuff down on this like sign in desk. I'm like, what is he doing? And he gets done writing. He goes, all right, so you're in my uh, community church group on Thursday nights now. I'm like, uh, okay, yeah. Sure. So it's just sometimes you just need someone else to uh, help get you plugged in somewhere. That's right. And so that's what I kind of bringing it back to RSA. That's what I really enjoy about yeah. RSA is, you know, Reed's made a point to be part of the business model of we are going to help people get plugged in and connected to yeah. a church or some sort of community that night. Um, and so like our next big outreach, or not big outreach, just our next outreach in general that we're going to is Pakistan. Uh, it's coming up here, I think at the end of February. Okay. We're going to be going to Pakistan. This will be our third year in a row in Pakistan. And uh, this year is going to be in Lahore in Pakistan there. Hmm. First year was Karachi. Yeah. And last year was Hyderabad. Okay. So we're just doing a bunch of different places within Pakistan, uh, trying to share the gospel there. Yeah. Are you going on that trip? I'm not going to be going on this trip, no. Okay. But uh, my, so I started with RSA back in January, 2022. Okay. And so I went through the whole interview process and uh, it was about two or three days before Christmas. And I get a call from Doug, who's our executive director. And he goes, hey, uh, Jonah, you know, we'd love to offer you the position. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah I'm going to talk to my wife. I don't think she's going to have an issue with it. But of course, you know, I'll clear it with my wife totally. first. And um, he's like, okay, well, a few other things you might want to talk to her about. I'm like, okay. He goes, well, we feel as though with the position that you're going to be in, uh, you should know what it's like to go on an outreach. You know, if you're going to be meeting with donors and telling them what an outreach is like, you should know what it's like to be on one. Totally. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. And he goes, we have one coming up at the uh, end of January. I'm like, oh, so in like three or four weeks? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, I got my passport. I love to travel. I have no issue with it. Yeah. Well, let's do it. Where are we going? And he goes, uh, we're going to go to Pakistan. Uh-huh. And there was this pause over the phone. And I go, um, you mean like, 
Pakistan Middle East. There's not like a Pakistan Ohio or something. Cause, you know, we have a we have Lebanon down uh, just down the road from us here in yeah. Oregon. So I was like, there's not like a Pakistan Ohio or anything like that. And he goes, no, yeah, Pakistan Middle East. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna talk to my wife a little <laughs> bit more about that one first. And told my wife about it, and she was like, uh, what? But I, she kind of did the same thing to me, like Pakistan Middle East. <laughs> And she's like, like, yeah, apparently that's where they want me to go. And she goes, okay, just be safe. I'll be as safe as I can. Yeah. (laughs) And so my third week on the job, I was on a plane flying to Pakistan. Okay. Yeah. I've done traveling before. Like I said, I've uh, Central America, Canada, a lot of Europe, uh, but nothing ever like Pakistan before. Yeah. And honestly, I've kind of fell in love with the place yeah. with, with uh, the country yeah, and their food was just amazing. I love the food in Pakistan. It was, uh, I love spicy food and yeah. lots and lots of spicy food. Okay. okay. Uh, you can ask my wife when I got home, she was like, I was like, I want spice on everything. We Come need on. spice everywhere. And she's like, I can't handle that spicy food. I'm like, yeah, but I can and I want more of it. <laughs> that's funny. That's, that's pretty cool. And so I know that you did some traveling uh, even before RSA. Um, so this is probably, this is probably why you love RSA, just the adventure of it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the purpose of your travels to like Germany and, uh, was that just on, on your own as a young adult? Um, yeah, did you so do that before married, after married? It was my, uh, sophomore year of college, um, talking with my advisor when I was going to school. I'm like, you know, I, I do want to travel abroad. I, I want to get that experience. And she said, well, the best time to do it's going to be your sophomore year. Because freshman year, you're just kind of figuring everything sure. out. Sophomore year, uh, it's before you get into all of your like classified classes of sure. like the higher level ones. Yeah. Um, and she goes, if you go your junior, senior year, you might be a term behind. And you might have to spend an extra term. I'm like, I really don't want to do that. So sophomore year was the best time for me to go. And part of the reason why I also wanted to study abroad was I never had roommates before. Uh, I've never experienced what it was like to live in a college dorm because- you know, That's right, you lived at home. Yeah, I lived at home, which very happy that I did that. I saved a lot of money. But I did miss out on that college experience of being able to just be in the dorms, being up until midnight, uh, having Nerf Wars in the hallways like I heard people did all the time. But so I missed out on that. I'm like, I want you know some of that dorm life experience. So I'm like, I think traveling and studying abroad is the best way because I'll be able to have a roommate Mm -hmm. experience what that's like so going through and getting ready to go and it wasn't until i got there uh because some people had joined and some people have dropped off so it was like back and forth of a whole bunch who was actually going to go um and so i actually got there and i'm like uh, looking around everyone's introducing themselves there's 16 of us 15 girls and me Ah, oh no way and i'm like ah well i guess i don't get to have that experience yeah. of uh, having a roommate because they obviously had their rooms together and then I had me by myself. Yeah. Uh, and we stayed in a youth hostel the whole time we were there. We were mainly based out of Regensburg, Germany. 30 days or how long were you there? Um, three and a half months. Oh, wow. Long time. Yeah. So it was for a whole semester. Got it. Um, got there in like the second week of January mm-hmm. and then left... April or May hmm. sometime. Um, but yeah, so I, I didn't get to experience that part of it, but I still got to experience a lot of the traveling, which was kind of the main part yeah, of it. Yeah. Um, but we stayed in a youth hostel in Regensburg, Germany. And since I was the only guy, I had a room to myself. I it was a four, well, two bunk bed room. So four beds all together. And I'm just like, it's just me. So I was able to just put all of my stuff and sprawl it all out across everything. Mm. And uh, it was it was still super fun. I really enjoyed it and uh, got to make a lot of friends that I would have never met before. Yeah, because uh, it wasn't wasn't just uh, Corbin students. It was students from other Christian schools around the nation. Hmm. Um, haven't talked to some of them in a while, but uh, still just amazing experience to go there. Sounds like every uh, young kid or you know going to college should do a trip abroad just to experience life a little bit. Absolutely. I, I would highly recommend it to anyone who's wondering about it and go to a place that you're interested in. That would be the biggest thing. Like I went to Europe just cause I'm like, yeah, that's what's available. And that's where I feel comfortable going. Uh, my sister studied abroad in India actually for 
about the same amount of time I did too. Mm. And she came home and her worldview was different. Way different. Yeah, yeah. You, you get to experience life somewhere completely different. And my worldview changed a bit even in Europe, um, being in Germany. And the nice thing about Europe is it's so easy to travel over there. Yeah, uh, The train system, even flying. I flew from Munich to, uh, I think it was London. Okay. And it cost me 50 pounds to fly that. Wow. If I want to fly to Idaho, it's going to cost me 350 bucks. Exactly. <laughs> on the low end. Right. So it, it's super easy to travel over there. And I think I went to 10 or 11 countries in the three and a half months I was there. Huh. Um, Sounds just, like a trip of a lifetime. Yeah. I, I loved it. And then actually ended up for my wife and I's honeymoon, uh, we went and spent two weeks in Europe also. No kidding. Went to Scotland, Greece, and Germany. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm loving this. This is good. Well, hey, we're getting ready to wrap up, but uh, a couple thoughts. Um, what's what's God have for you as you look forward in you know the next year, two years, five years, ten years? Do you feel like God's pulling you someplace? And then lastly, how would somebody get involved in RSA? How would they get a hold of you to to learn a little bit more to be to come to an event? Um, what's that look like? Yeah. So. Um... I'll start with like the RSA okay. question first. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if anyone ever wants to know more about what we do, how we serve, and things like that, uh, just go to reedsaunders.org. Um, website's there. Go on there. And um, actually, my information's on the website as well, so you can reach out to me and just – I'm always open to grab coffee with anyone who wants to sit down have a conversation. I can vouch for that too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I – Go on to the website, check us out. Um, a lot of stuff's happening with RSA that's beyond just the outreaches that we have coming up. Yeah. Uh, we have six outreaches planned for this year, and that's the absolute max that we can do right now. Uh, Reed is our only evangelist, so he's going to all six of those. Um, but we have a whole training program that we started last year. Reed's actually training three new evangelists, uh, one's from India, one's from Mexico, and one's from Illinois. So there's a great representation from people all different parts and different walks of life. Um, and we're in the middle of finishing up our building as well, yeah. the Act Center for Training for Global Evangelism. And so- Pretty cool, right here in Salem, Oregon. Yeah, and it's it, we're excited because this first cohort's gonna end in August, second cohort's gonna start in August. So once the first one's done, boom, right into the next one. Mm. And these evangelists that Reed's going through in training, it's not necessarily training them to take over for him. Right. It's we want them to go back to their home country, home state, and duplicate what Reed is doing here. Yeah. Uh, so the training isn't just you know here's how you put together a message and how uh, you can share the gospel. The training's everything: how you network, how you fundraise, how you reach out to other countries and help build up these festivals. So we cover everything for them. So that way they can have all the tools and all the knowledge to go back home mm -hmm. and start off their organization. And part of that, um, I'm not entirely sure because I haven't been too involved with the curriculum part of it, but part of it is also they have to do a certain amount of fundraising by the end of their year. So that way they can have the little startup money to either go do their first outreach or start their organization. So we're trying, really trying to encourage them to get to that point of now I can be sustainable on my own. And of course, we're always going to be there for a resource and help them. And we're actually going to do a partnered evangelist um, outreach with them to where they choose the country and we just help them get it set up for the first time. And Reed won't even go. It's just them. So it's their first time being able to go and be an evangelist. They'll have the support of RSA and the team of RSA, but they won't have Reed. And so it'll be just them on their own being able to be the first evangel or their first time uh, evangelizing. Dude, that's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. That's exactly what it takes. So, is mm -hmm. train them up and then ship them out. You yeah. know, and a lot of them they've you know they've done public speaking stuff like that before, but perhaps not on this level or this scale of putting together a festival like that. Um, and then the last thing I'll I'll say about for RSA is you know we have our benefit coming up April twenty third at the Salem Convention Center at seven p.m. And so that's a great spot just to come and get more information. It's free to anyone who wants to come. Uh, just 
go on our website, find me and let me know. And I'm more than happy to let you join in. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then, so like for myself, uh, you know, like what I have going next year, two years, three years, five years, all that. Um, wife and I just bought this other house. So we're going through and it's a, been a project house, but we knew that going into it. Uh, we just, we love doing our own DIY projects and everything. So we're going to build it up. And then that might be the start of our rentals that we want to start. Um, prior to this, you know, I was a financial advisor for a little while. So money's always on my mind of like, like how can we invest? How can we save? Um, and I'm like, you know what? I think property is the next thing for me to try. I, I understand the stock market. I understand investments, but I want to dabble a little bit in uh, real estate. So we're going to start with that, fix it up. And eventually we will move to Florida at some point because mom, dad, brother, sister, they're all over there. And both my wife and I, we have a great relationship with my family over there. And so we're like, we want to go and spend some time with them again. Hmm. Um, it's hard because we still have a lot of family over here, but we're also kind of getting to the point of like, it's cold a lot here and we kind of want it to be warm. Uh, it's, it's always funny. My mom will send me a text from time to time, especially when it's this time of year and low thirties. And she goes, Hey, I heard it's uh, super cold there right now. I'm like, yeah, it is. She goes, Oh, well I'm outside, uh, by the pool. It's tanning. I'm like, that makes me feel <laughs> great. Thank you for oh, that. <laughs> that's funny. She's going to keep rubbing it in until you get moved down there. Basically. Every time we go down there and, uh, visit them, she's like, so when are you guys going to move here? Are you going to move in like uh next month or two? I'm like, nope. Sorry. We still have a couple years out. A couple years out. Do you, you guys get down there, what, a couple times a year? Yeah, we tried to. Um, last year we went, I think, only twice. Um, but we're actually going to be going in March. Okay. Uh, might go again in September for yeah. my birthday just because why not? And then we alternate between Christmas. So like sometimes we'll have Christmas at her parents out in Almsville and then we'll do it at my parents in Florida. Okay. Just kind of depends. That's so cool. But yeah. Looks like you have some fun things on the horizon and mm -hmm. that's, that's pretty cool. I like staying busy. Yeah, no, that's that's good. Well, hey, Jonah, thanks for being a part of our uh, podcast today. It was great having you on here, and you and I will be grabbing coffees again, so I know that will be the case. And uh, anyway, wish you the best, man. Thank and uh, to all you listeners out there who listen each week, we appreciate you. Hope you enjoy Jonah's story. Hopefully you gain some wisdom from it. And uh, if you want to be a part of RSA or learn more, um, just hop on the reedsaunders.org website and sign up. We'll see you next week. Thank you all for taking the time each week to be encouraged, challenged, and loved. Remember what Jesus said? I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. My hope and prayer is that you believe the words of Jesus. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much.